Welcome to the Calvary Podcast, a ministry of Calvary Episcopal Church recorded live in Memphis. The Calvary Podcast is weekly sermons, but also conversations, reflections, and provocations about the mystery of God and what it means to be human in the world in need of repair. In the name of the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. amen. Please be seated. Good morning and Merry Christmas. I have been blessed to be with your congregation this fall as I transitioned to a rare weekday priest job as head chaplain at St. Mary's Episcopal School. And I don't just come to Calvary because I'm married to that talented, handsome organist over there, (laughs) but because I find sustenance here in word and in you as the body of Christ, which is what I hope the church to be. So I am grateful for you. Brian and I are both grateful for you in this new season of our lives. And it's a joy to be with you on Christmas and to preach the Feast of the Incarnation. So I began this morning, as I do each Christmas, provided that I remember in my sleepiness and anticipation of a few hours rest after last night's late service. I saw a lot of you here only a few hours ago as well. But I began by placing the baby Jesus in the manger in his nativity. This year, we have three different nativities scattered throughout our house, and with the help of the cat, who is not as crucial to the nativity as she believes she is, baby Jesus, love incarnate, was born in our home amidst the angels and the shepherds and the holy family and some barn animals. These nativity scenes tell Luke's Christmas story. It is the one that Christmas cards and Christmas pageants and Christmas songs are made of. It is the gospel we usually hear on Christmas Eve, and I would say that it is our most beloved. If you have wise men in your nativity, then the Mithian Christmas story is present in your home as well. I have a simple figurine of Mary and baby Jesus and Joseph fleeing to Egypt because of the genocide Herod is about to enact on Jewish baby boys. Only Matthew tells that story. It is not as calm, not as bright as Luke's, but they are both specific and human and messy and real. And even with all of the variety that Matthew and Luke give us to take in about the incarnation and their Christmas stories, today we hear yet another. The gospel writer John the Evangelist gives us what at first glance seems like a very different take on the birth of Christ and what that looks like and means for us. And I dare say, his could be the most exciting of all. This opening chapter of John's gospel is Greek philosophy meets Jewish midrash coming together in mystical poetry. John wants to give us a cosmic overview of God in time and in space, a difficult writing task, but he does it well. And when was Christmas morning for John? In the beginning. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Without him, nothing was made. Yes, John would say Christmas was when Jesus was born to Mary and Joseph in Bethlehem in the days when Herod was king. And he also says Christ is born here. Christ is born now. Christ is always being born. 
Christmas morning is always. God is manifest in our midst every moment, and that is the good news. God is with us. Our human inability to see a God-drenched, Christ-soaked, spirit-filled world is what separates us from God and from each other and from ourselves. And it necessitates this word-made flesh dwelling among us type of incarnation. And John sees that in everything, and he wants us to see it too. I can't help but notice that the only other figure in John the Evangelist's prologue besides God is a prophet, the prophet, John the Baptist. So if you were looking for it, you now have scriptural support and my endorsement to include John the Baptist in your nativity scenes. Wouldn't that be an idea? If John the Baptist represents anything about the Christian life, it's the fervor and the intensity we should share when it comes to anticipating Christ's presence in all places at all times. John the Baptist was born to do one job, to be the last great prophet to the light, and that guy did not stop at anything to get it done. The thing that I love about working with kids is the unfiltered excitement they have for almost anything that they do. Even teens with their uninterested exteriors will light up if you ask them the right questions about their passions. Have you ever had an entire classroom of third graders teach you how to finger knit all at the same time? Or a pair of sophomore best friends shove their TikTok video in your lap and explain every inside joke to you in fits of laughter. Well, that is all in a day's work, and it is the energy that makes me come alive. So it's no accident that a prophet is placed at the beginning of this Christmas story. Prophets like Isaiah and John the Baptist and maybe children shout at us to move away from apathy and complacency that dampen our spiritual purpose. That purpose, which is to get out there as messengers of good news and peace, to do it with all of our being, do it with words and example. And this is what is so exciting about John's Christmas story. We are part of it. If we can let our hesitation and our doubt get out of the way and the grace and truth of God light our lives. People are begging to be shown Christ. Even if they wouldn't say it in quite that way, I hear that longing, that hope, that anything is possible on Christmas Day because that's the day when it's most likely that something magical, heavenly, something like God might break into this world and be present with us. They aren't wrong to believe that. How else can we have hope that broken relationships can be repaired, that violence in our city will end and peace will prevail? that the mighty will fall and the hungry will be full, that the blind will see and the deaf will hear, and the dead will live again. The Johannine Christmas story is so universal that it is also somehow deeply specific, meant for each and every one of us just like that baby in the manger. I think that John wrote it for us to believe that we, being part of this God-soaked creation, are also Christmas, especially in the moments when it feels impossible that God could be there. It is an invitation to use our eyes and our hearts 
and even our imaginations to discover the ways that God is with us. Your life and my life is the nativity because we are the place where Jesus is being born again and again. And today is the day we are the Christmas pageant reenacting itself in the everyday steps of our lives as we take the good news that anything really can happen on Christmas to a world who needs the light of Christ so that they can see it for themselves. Merry Christmas. If you're curious about Calvary Episcopal Church, we are an eclectic bunch of Christian people who don't all think the same thoughts or dress the same way or vote for the same candidates or even believe all the same things about the mystery of God and what it means to be human. But we do believe that we need each other because of our differences, not in spite of them, and that God calls us into unity, not uniformity. Subscribe to the Calvary Podcast at calvarymemphis.org podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. Visit Calvary in person at the corner of 2nd and Adams in the heart of downtown Memphis, Tennessee.